Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Edward Qualls. He's going to talk about his book called Community Capitalism. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you feel free to give us a call at 347-324-3460, or you can post your question in the chat room, or you can email us at info at thecorebusinessshow.com. Uh, Edward, welcome to the program. Thank you. I guess to begin with, our, our audience love personal stories, so if you don't mind, tell us about yourself. Um, well, I'm originally from Hot Springs, Arkansas, and came to um, the University of Texas, went to business school there, and um, then finished my master's degree at San Francisco State. I have spent the last... Um, more or less 35 years within software engineering, um, and I have seen a lot of changes transpire in the last 35 years that uh, ultimately ended up in a great deal of, of personal frustration at the last position I held, the last company I was working for. The uh, The book itself comes from that frustration in that um, I guess it was four years ago, I wrote up a 14-page bullet list of issues, concerns, and frustrations, and that is what turned into the book. Wow. Kind of, and with those type of frustrations, anything you can kind of point out that really propel you in writing this particular book? The greatest frustration was caused by, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that I had gone from a smaller company, one of uh, between 300 400 employees, in which I was reporting directly to the vice president of development and could, at that company, essentially just walk into the CEO's office and, and talk about problems. There was a great deal of personal involvement on the part of all the employees because of the visibility they had with the um, with the board of directors, with the executives and all that. It was a very fulfilling um, and very productive organizational setup <clears throat> excuse me and because of that um, I'm not sure how well you you might understand the metrics but my personal contribution to the company's source code base because of the way I was managed was about 75 megs which is, I think it's the equivalent of half of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm -hmm. The <clears throat> thing that 
that happened was that this uh, vice president I was working under saw that I understood where the company needed to be in, in five years. Mm -hmm. So he essentially left me alone for two and a half years. And during that time, I wrote from scratch the graphics engine that we needed to run on all of the, all of the computers that we um, marketed our software on, everything from IBM mainframes down to Windows 95. Mm -hmm. And um, everything that went with that, the outcome of the entire thing, oh, and including the internationalization package, which was very important, the situation at the end of that was that we had the ability to sell software into new markets, markets in which none of the American uh, companies had even tried to penetrate. We had software running on banks in Cairo that no one in the American software industry had thought about pursuing. The, the market for financial services and for insurance services in that whole area. The problem came that this small company had gone public too early. It ended up in a situation that is common to those companies who go public too early in that they end up having to serve too many masters. Mm -hmm. The market was pulling one way, the executives were unsure what to do, and the stockholders were pulling in another way. In this situation, particularly with a small company, you don't have the resources to service all of these disparate pullings. The, uh, the problem that comes about is that in a lot of cases, the executives um, and, and upper management run out of options. They are faced with a situation in which they need more capital, but because of being a small corporation that had fairly high capital margin requirements, it wasn't easy for them to go and get loans from uh, from traditional loan sources, and also they face the the situation that almost all public corporations face, and that is you don't want to have to go back to the market unless you absolutely have to, because every time you go back to the market, of course, you dilute ownership of existing stockholders. So it's not the best idea. the uh, the The big thing that that public corporations definitely don't want to do is get their stockholders too upset. So what ended up happening was the company was rescued by a financial investment organization which changed the window dressing and um, kind of got the dust off and remarketed the company. And the company itself was bought by one of the largest software companies in the world. At that point, all of us who had been within one or two levels of the executive table were suddenly in a position in which we just didn't matter to the corporation anymore. When you have a corporation whose 
employee base is close to 100,000, the individual no longer has a great deal of value. Okay. The um, the frustration that comes from not being able, first of all, not being able to explain how things are going a little bit wrong and they could be optimized and, and moved over. The wisdom of the line employee is completely lacking. In the book, I, I have... Uh, an explanation of how corporations or, or businesses, in fact, grow from small business to mega business and how the internals of organization, no matter what organizational style or um, classic line chart you might have, these businesses go through different stages because they're living organizations. They really end up looking like yeast is the best way to describe it in the way that first of all the executives branch off and then between the executives and the uh and the the line employees you get the the management level finally with these extra large corporations you end up with a gray cloud in which the executive branch operates and the people who are doing the work, interfacing with the, court, with the customers, trying to keep the market going, only deal with the rumblings that come out of the great gray cloud. Now, so it, if, if we take that in a sense, we uh, with management and take shareholders, uses a lot at stake, and you have employees. Sometimes that. Um, you have all these dynamics going on. You have shareholders who want the return on their investment. They want the company profitable so they can get something. They want their shares to to be supported and not to drop. Uh, then management is trying to hold on to their jobs because if it's a venture capital group is is in there, they can replace management at any time to bring the company around. You think with those two dynamics and you have the employee, which is in the center of everything, um, you you are going to have some strange dynamics. One person is trying to bring profit out of the company. He's going to if not. He'll lose his job because it's just black and white. Either you are, you aren't. The shareholders want to look at the bottom line: or you're making a profit, or you're keeping our uh, shares that we invest in your company uh, uh, valuable. Then the employee who does all the work, in one sense, has to bear the brunt because if if those th- those things don't happen, and the shareholders are not patient enough. Then they put pressure on the executives, and and then you just have this this circle. Is it any solution? I think out of your book, uh, how to mitigate that particular dynamic? Um, it, it's kind of hard because you you talk about uh, getting into production out of the uh, employee. Uh, however, if you look at the other dynamic at it in your uh, in your book. How can you balance all three in one sense? How can you get it, the shareholders what they want to keep the management off of you? It's it's difficult. The problem there. One of the things that I try to go into into the uh, into within the book is that there have been changes to the entire 
system of business in the past 35 years that have done nothing but make this system this situation worse now you're talking you mentioned stockholders well i divide them into two branches and i do that by actually tagging stock i create two classes one is concrete stock and the other is vapor stock what we have now is an overheated stock market that is largely driven by vapor stock. That is stock that <clears throat> either has no dividend, has no dividend history, or which is tr actively traded in such micro-term intervals that nothing the corporation does actually affects the price. The price itself is running merely on myth, marketing, and rumor, and because of the software that has been thrown into the system the past 15 years, um, there is, <clears throat> excuse me, there is nothing that it actually operates other on rather than the noise in the system. These, what we see in in computerized trading in the microterm situation is, we've gone from 35 years ago, a situation in which finance was a part of business. Mm -hmm. It was, You could call it, it was the handmaiden of business. Business was commerce. Business was goods and services. But now we're in a situation where business is finance. And, well... You know, we produce products and we and we have services, but but they're just there to make sure the the numbers come up right. Mm -hmm. The the problem with that <laughs> uh, tied in too with this horrible uh, concept of maximizing stockholder value, which is a a, a worthless three dollar phrase. The implementation of that um, that concept has been maximize stock price. Well, the only person, the only executive that I have seen fly in the face of that was Jeff Bezos at Amazon when he essentially told the stockholders, sit down and shut up for a while. I agree with when, you on that one. When they ignored the stock market because they were pouring money into developing the Kindle. Now, the stock market punished them for doing that because they were not acting like a vapor stock. They were not feeding the speculators. They were not feeding the noise in the system. They were actually working on a product. It's amazing. Now, the outcome of that is that now Amazon has this great product. It has an expanded market place. It has an, they've created a new market segment even. But the problem is, you can. There are still traditional concrete stocks and concrete investors. These right. are the people uh, that are that are hurt. Uh, Edward, we need to take a break real quick. We're going to take a okay. break for one moment. We're going to come back and go ahead and continue with the conversation. You listen to the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. You're listening to the Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group.
Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. You're back with Tim Jacquet with The Core Business Show. Our special guest today is uh, Edward Quarles. Uh, his book is Community Capitalism. Uh, Capitalism. Can you talk today? Uh, we'll go ahead and, and finish what you had to say regarding Amazon. Um, the point of it was that Mr. Bezos was actually acting as a traditional executive in which he was driving for a product for the market and really concentrating on the future of the corporation as an ongoing concern. Where the problem has come in is that with micro-trading, there's no idea or no realization that corporations, one of the things that they owe to their stockholders as owners is a concentration on this concept as an ongoing concern. That means that everything that they do needs to go beyond one quarter to the next. They need to have viable long-term goals, and the stockholders need to participate in that and actually, if I may use the word, cherish an executive team who is driving for long-term viability and not just short-term profitability or not just short-term share price hikes. The, I, I try to summarize certain things in ways that, uh, you know, a, a good sentence. Well, one of the things that I have in here is the saying that all business success comes from the bottom up. All business failures go from the top down. The reason for saying that is that Business is people. Business is not finance. It's not inventory. It's not management teams. Business is people. And what we've gotten away from in the past decades is the concept of serving the market. All of the, in, the, uh, all of the emphasis is being placed on the financial side of things, whether it's shares, stock market, um, derivatives, whatever, 
we, we're in a situation in which the financial tail is wagging the dog. The problem is that the concentration of money within the the hidden or secret market of finance and derivatives means that the other parts of the economy, particularly small business, are being starved. Yet small businesses are the core of capitalism because that's where the new ideas come in, that's where the excitement is, that's where the drive is. And without a, sit a situation in which that entrepreneurial zeal is not emphasized, but celebrated, honored, and facilitated, you're going to end up with a, a you know, with an old growth an old growth forest in which there are no new trees, no saplings, and when the old growth forest falls, that's it. You're not going to have any more trees. The same thing in business. If all of the emphasis is placed on the mega corporations who have already established their position, you are not going to be nurturing the up-and-coming businesses that you need to replenish your economic system. Well, when you, you know, somehow small businesses always end up surviving. The cream usually comes always to the top, and being in the finance world, I mean, there's always some options. The most aggressive one would get when the product is ready for that particular time. It usually rises to the surface, or someone would buy it, or someone would market it. Um, it you know, sometimes some business has to fail in order to learn from that mistake and to pick themselves up and not to deal with when they become a bigger company to deal with a problem they can't solve or fail from that point. Uh, and it's kind of a – I agree with you. The last 30 years, things have really, really changed from even the infancy of Microsoft in the 80s and some companies like that. But somehow we went through the tech bubble. Some of the best companies rose from that. Some companies took a big old hit, and we took a loss at the turn of 2000 when the bubble burst. But somehow the products within the last decade, you look at Facebook, you look at Pinterest, you, you, you look at Google. Uh, Google was, uh, was still in its infancy at 2000, but those are major corporations, and, and they seem to, uh, to rise to the occasion. Uh, Pinterest, I mean, just go on and on. Twitter. Do you think with that process of illumination, you know, the cream of the crop will rise regardless of whatever happens? I don't think it's in inevitable that it will. Okay. When you mention Google, um, I would point to them in particular as a large corporation that doesn't act like one from the executive team. Sure. I agree with you. The um, I have several friends that work for Google, and the the chief executives show up at breakfast sometimes to have breakfast with their employees, with the, with the developers, with any any of the employees that want to come to to breakfast. Um, this attention to attention to functionality over attention solely to stock price 
is very important. We saw it with with Mr. Bezos. We see it with the CEOs of uh, of Google. Even at Microsoft, what you see is a base level degree of respect for the employees that are actually sitting there churning out the works that the company actually sells. One of the things that happened with this mega corporation that I was involved in was I went from uh, a private office with a nine-story view, panoramic view of downtown Dallas to being essentially in a basement in a cubicle that was four by six and in a situation in which everyone was so tightly packed together that there was one salesman who would stand up and talk loud on every sales call he got because he said, I think better when I'm walking around. Well, I did the cost analysis and put it in the book that this guy was costing the company about $13 million a year because of lost productivity because of the interruption of other people. Now, this situation arises because this mega corporation has so many employees that real estate comes into the picture, and the real estate drive to minimize costs has been entered into the spreadsheet. The spreadsheet cannot show lost productivity. There's no function in any of the spreadsheet products that says, how do I subtract employee bad will? How do I subtract employee inefficiency caused by other decisions? This is something that only comes from the involvement of management in the situation in which they have placed the company. The problem in this particular situation is that, as we said before, you have multiple masters. Well, now costs come into the situation and minim sudden minimization of costs, such as spur-of-the-moment layoffs, decisions on real estate and all of this, these filter over into press releases, and they will push the speculator market stock price up. Well, when you have executives who have been hired as stars – who have minimal experience in any particular industry, who have minimal to no connection with either the goods produced by the company or the people who do the work at any level, whether it's line employees or management, the only thing they're going to concentrate on is that stock price because that's what they're paid by. That's Absolutely. They get their money. So we're in a, we're, we've seen it several times where – a star CEO will be hired with a massive um, stock package, and the only thing that they will do is come in and drive the stock price up, the rest of the company be damned, so that they can get their package and then leave. The problem is because of the concentration of speculation in the stock market, the stockholders aren't paying attention to this, but they're the big losers. The real investors are the ones who are losing in this situation. 
But unfortunately, so much attention is being paid to the speculatory side of what's going on in the speculator market now that the loss that is being incurred by the true owners of the corporation, the ones who are sitting here watching the corporation, talking it up amongst their friends and, and acquaintances, the ones who pay attention to product releases, who go on Facebook and say, you've got to go check out this new product, the ones who are sitting waiting for their dividend check, these are the ones who are really hurt by the situation. So, Edward, uh, we're almost out of time. Can you kind of give us a synopsis and where we can find the book? With any closing uh, comments you, you want to have and also where we can get the book on your website? The uh, the book, the full title of the book is Community Capitalism, Pulling Capitalism Back from Its Own Abyss. It is a fairly wide treatment of frustrations and symptoms and everything that I've uh, come to, to realize over the past few years, including up through August. And uh, it's available on Amazon.com. The core thing about it is that I don't believe it's going to please any of the political branches right now because I, I don't I don't hold things back. The situation is so widespread and affects so many people that we need system-wide analysis and system-wide optimization. When some people say we need less government, that's not really the best way to state it. In fact, it's, it's more or less a, non, a non-phrase. What we need is a situation in which all people realize that whether it's the economy, the government, or whatever, we need efficiency, we need effectiveness, and we need frugality. Because all of those together will mean that we can gain the resources that we need to face the problems that we're facing right now. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate uh, you coming on to the show. Where can we get your book again? It's on Amazon.com, and it is Community Capitalism, Pulling Capitalism Back from Its Own Abyss. And your website address? www.communitycapitalism.us.com. Great. Well, Edward, thank you for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care. You too. Again, everybody, this has been another episode of the Core Business Show. Thank you for listening. I'm Tim J.K., your host. You can download this episode on iTunes on Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim J.K. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.